0: And podcast audio is also going. All right. And Fiends Collider's there. Maddie Stump is here. And we are on with the um, book clubbing again with the um, the C. Riley Snorton, uh, Black on Both Sides, A Racial History of Trans Identity. In the uh, previous episode, we went through the preface and the introduction and we're really just reading this. We don't have an audio book to play audio for us, so we're actually literally just taking turns. I think we were doing like like two pages each and, and just landing on where it was convenient in a paragraph and just passing the mic and just casually talking about it as we go along. Um, the beginning has been super academic. Um, if you haven't heard the first episode, uh, we were straight up looking up words while live right like recording the episode and just defining things as go as go on and and i'll keep that in the episode right we'll all fucking learn it together and then uh maddie stump you were uh uh reading ahead uh basically doing doing show prep right uh chelsea springler did show prep on the last program Mm -hmm. so um so now yeah everyone's doing show prep now and you said this chapter is a little easier
1: oh absolutely yeah
0: all right all right you want to start us off yeah, let's party. So we've,
1: so we've got part one, Blacken, and then a quote. Those black and blackened bodies become the bearers through violence, regulation, transmission, etc. of the knowledge of certain subjection as well as the placeholders of freedom for those who would claim freedom as their rightful yield. It's a quote by uh, Christina Sharp from Monstrous Intimacies making post-slavery subjects. In chapter one, titled, Anatomically Speaking, Ungendered Flesh and the Science of Sex, and a quote, the profitable, quote unquote, atomizing of the captive body provides another angle on the divided flesh. We lose any hint of suggestion of a dimension of ethics, of relatedness between human personality and its anatomical features between one human personality and another, between human personality and cultural institutions. To that extent, the procedures adopted for the captive flesh demarcate a total objectification as the entire captive community becomes a living laboratory. That's a quote from Hortense Spillers from Mama's Baby, Papa's Maybe, an American grammar book. Than going into your chapter. On November 18, 1857, before an audience of the New York Acad- Academy of Medicine at the newly erected New York Historical Society building on 2nd Avenue and 11th Street, James Marion Sims delivered a speech on the importance of so- silver sutures in surgery. In his address to fellow physicians, Sims focused primarily on the three and one-half years of experiments performed on chattel women named Anarcha, Betsy, and Lucy, as well as several unnamed captives, which led to his career-making cure for um, vesicovaginal fistula, (VVF). Sims described this genital malady by making reference to a verse from the book of Genesis, in sor- quote, in sorrow and suffering shalt thou shalt thou bring forth children, end quote. The full verse contains the complete judgment God meted out on the nameless woman who would later be called Eve, which, in addition to an intensification of pain associated with childbirth, included a further imposition, quote, thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Genesis 3.16, King James Version. Whereas Adam would be rendered mortal according to the parable of the fall of man, Eve was, according to literal interpretation, conscripted to submission. Sims's inculsion of this biblical citation provides a key for reading his medical corpus, which constitutes the primary material under review in this chapter. On the one hand, his work signals how suffering and dominion transitively articulated um, the formation of gynecology. On the other, Sims's archive and the narratives of the named and unnamed experimentees indicate a transversal link between the metaphysical and the material, given expression in and as flesh. In the same speech, Sims describes described the experiments as a part of a mission which he imagined was quote if not of a divine character at least of divine origin quote to relieve quote the loveliest of all god's creation of one of the most loathsome maladies unquote. his repeated invocations of god did more than intimate how sims was a man of faith They constructed a a grammar for methodological, medical, and scientific evaluation by way of a theopolitical justification for mechanisms of pain and control. As Achille Mbembe has argued, monotheism is a special way of formulating knowledge about final ends. How truth and final ends are to be determined is a political question. The unethical grammar of suffering would dominantly express how Anarcha, Betsy, and Lucy, Lucy, and the unnamed others would function as a living laboratory within a political economy wherein their atomized flesh took on an adjunctive function in the production and reproduction of a series of proprietary instruments and procedures. Far from replacing God with science, Sims's professions um invinced, invinced um, how the imbrication of race and species was given expression through the concept of value, and, more precisely, its groundlessness, which, as Lyndon Barrett has argued, is marked, in, however surreptitiously, by forms of violence. The encoding of value, like the naming of God occurred in this instance through the violation of captive flesh, wherein the cause and cure of BBF signified upon the condition of captivity. As Hortense Spiller's notes, divided flesh um, not only constituted a grammar of value devoid of any quote, any hint or suggestion of a dimension of ethics, end quote, but also produced an onto epistemological uh, framework on the fungibility of captive bodies, wherein their flesh functioned as a disarticulation of human form from its anatomical features, and their claims to humanity were controverted in favor of the production and perpetuation of cultural institutions. Sims confessed as much in his speech before the New York Academy of Medicine when he told his colleagues that throughout the numerous failed surgical experiments, he found resolve quote, by feelings of national pride, as well as by a desire to advance our glorious profession. Amen.
0: Yeah, I think uh, what they were talking about the um, that history of gynecology. I'm I'm pretty sure wine cellar heads are um, already familiar with that. But like uh, like Phoenix is uh, first brought to the show about um, about seven years ago now. Holy shit! Um, <laughs> the um, yeah, the uh, it was practiced on um captive uh, slaves, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, so we, we yeah we've gone over that before. Um, did they? I don't think they mentioned um, Henrietta Lacks. Right. That was much later in history. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. okay, way down the time, and still uh, the idea of captive flesh.
2: So, actually, what I find interesting is that this is about um, vasical, uh vaginal fistulas. Which is actually like a hole in the vagina, like between the vagina and the bladder. So the bladder will like literally leak urine through the vagina. And that is oftentimes a cause of um, like improper surgery. So now I'm like, did all of these women have this as a medical problem already? Or is this something that he caused by fucking with
0: them? Oh shit.
1: That's a fair question. Um, he gets the author gets into that in a um, a little bit later in the chapter, mm. but um, the the circumstances are the 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 VVF is not caused by um, the doctor. Um, rather, the, the the women are sent to him because they have VVF. So,
0: yeah,
1: he goes into why that is in, in, in
2: a
0: little bit. Okay. There, there was a cat at the Sorry. Door. Yeah,
2: the cat's trying to get in. I'm yeah. Like, no.
0: Yeah, and the way they treat that part, that they're just like, yo, fuck your deposit. <laughs> All right. And we're over here on page 19 of Anatomically Speaking, of Black on Both Sides, a Racial History of Trans Identity. And it goes, uh, the international acclaim Sims received for his treatment of VVF generates a number of questions about the um, transubstantiation of things. As it relates to the life of flesh that resides in the series of instruments and procedures, including Sims' speculum, catheter, and sutures, and also in terms of what VVF, uh, of what VVF and its cure reveal about the relationship between sex and ungendered flesh, a vesical—oh, yeah, that's a nice one—a uh, vesicovaginal uh, fistula is a breach of the vaginal wall that opens into the urinary tract and proceeds continuous involuntary discharge of urine. As LL Wells explains, VVFs, quote, are the result of a massive crush injury to the soft tissue of the pelvis, end quote. According to the Dorinda Yu, yeah chattel persons were particularly at risk for VVF because of poor nutrition lack of prenatal care and births at an early age births at an early age let's just also say how the rape at an early age um Uh, continuing took myself off my spot uh, uh, yet uh, the pelvis was also a critical site for producing racial hierarchies among 19th century um, anatomists and sexologists intent on finding bodily proof of black inferiority for example sexologist havelock ellis in his uh, studies of the psychology of sex volume 2 Argued that the average size of the black woman's buttocks, uh, seen as larger than white women's, uh, served a compensatory function for their smaller, red, inferior average pelvic size. Okay, white people are fucking weird. Cause um, at- attending uh, to a g- attending to a genealogy uh, of uh, of 19th century thinkers who would influence Ellis's work sanders gilman explains that the pelvis in racial science acted quote in an intermediary role as both a secondary and primary sexual sign end quote because he could say words whenever he feels like it uh continuing um in theories of species differentiation in addition um and as another indication of how physicians uh, viewed cases of VVF among chattel persons as further evidence of their racial inferiority occurrences of vvf were frequently attributed to the ignorance of midwives of their own color yeah uh, uh, those sims would um, recursively euphemize the condition as an accident uh, vesicovaginal fistula functioned as a sign of slavery as, uh, as a signifier and signified in a chain of meaning uh, to give expression to what Sabia Hartman described as quote erasure or disavowal of sexual violence that engendered black femaleness as a condition of unredressed injury end quote Seems simple enough uh, sims uh, archive serves as a materialized scene of female flesh ungendered uh, wait that was another quote or was that a continuance? geez they've got a lot of quotes in here all right well that was, <laughs> that was also a quote uh, which as um, Horton Spillers notes quote um, offers a praxis and a theory a text for living and for dying and a method for reading both through diverse mediations, end quote. Um, His more than three years of experience on named and unnamed chattel persons for the treatment of VVF served as quote-unquote proof of black females' genital um, exceptionalism as non-reproductive inverted unfeminine even as the procedures also produced an erasure of chattel slavery's effect on, fema- on black female genitalia in the state of exception. Uh, the founding of the field of American gynecology thus raises a number of questions, including how race constructs biology and whether sex is, uh, is possible without flesh following an exposition of sims experiments this chapter takes up multiple trajectories of in the flesh in the series of woodcut uh, of woodcuts uh, that accompanied sims medical publications in his illustrious medical career in new york city in parts of europe and over his prolonged residency in paris and in the description of sims as the father of modern gynecology and the Anarcha. Woo, I fly in and out of the quotes without remembering to point out that it's a quote. <laughs> uh, continuing. Um, <clears throat> uh, and Anarcha in the Field's Mother. Uh, these divergent paths provide a series of object lessons on flesh as a condition of possibility for the science and symbolics of modern sex. The final section examines key figures and images in gynecology's visual culture, focusing on a particular illustration of Max Brodel uh, in Howard Kelly's Medical Gynecology, uh, a 1912 work, and Robert Toms, J. Marion Sims' uh, Gynecologic uh, Surgeon, a 1961 work, to discuss sex and gender, As the trans-oriented effects of flesh, arrangement in time, uh, place, and meaning, this chapter and its companion, Transcapable, Chapter 2, trace collateral uh, genealogies of blackness and transness in which captive and divided flesh functions as malleable matter for mediating and remaking sex and gender as matters of human categorization and personal definition, Good morning.
2: This is Charming with your Big Gay News for Tuesday, February 2nd, 2021. First up, Pink News reports tough times in Turkey. The country has launched a targeted attack against LGBTQ youth. Turkey's president has labeled gay youths as vandals. In other Big Gay News, VOA News is reporting a same-sex sideline. Same-sex couples have been excluded from Korea's definition of family. South Korea bans same-sex marriage. Finally, in Big Gay News, Pink News reports relaxed rules in Australia. The country is allowing blood donations from gay men. Men are now allowed to donate after three months of
3: celibacy. And that's it for Big Gay News. See you tomorrow. Take care of yourselves and stay healthy.
0: And, um, it's gonna go into a part, uh, subtitled Sims Laboratory, uh, you're enjoying your, um, your Alfredo bit. Oh, you want to do a little reading? All right. We're going to get in the party. We're book clubbing. We're, How much am I supposed to read? Uh, we're doing two pages, but I, I stopped a little early just because the paragraph cut where it was. All right.
2: <clears throat> According to J. Marion Sims' posthumously published autobiography, The Story of My Life, a fellow physician asked Sims to travel with him about a mile from Montgomery, Alabama, in order to attend, quote, a case of labor which lasted three days and the child not yet born in June of 1845. Sims related his first encounter with the case, Anarcha, in some detail, describing her as a young colored woman about 17 years of age and well-developed. Attending the delivery, Sims wrote that it was evident that matters could not long remain in this condition without the system becoming exhausted and without the pressure producing a sloughing of the soft parts of the mother. A fellow physician asked Sims to travel with him. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
0: Aquamo, I had to, I had to full screen it so I could see when, uh, when comments come up on the uh, Facebook oh. Live. okay.
2: Uh, five days later, Sims' colleague, Dr. Henry, confirmed that there had been extensive, extensive sloughing of the p- soft parts, the mother having lost control of the bladder and the rectum. Oh, that's horrible. In response, uh, Sims opined, "Of course, aside from death, this was about the worst accident that could have happened to the poor young girl." His use of accident here to describe Anarka's condition disavows chattel slavery's transitive and transversal relations with death and the various ways VVF was a symptom of captivity. Sims Sims described her case as hopelessly incurable and informed Anarka's enslaver, Mr. Westcott, to take good care of her as she was unfit to work. I'm sure that went well. Uh, Within a month... Sims consul- consulted on another fistula case at the request of a fellow physician, describing the first examination of Betsy, a young woman of 17 or 18 years old. Sims related again he found the condition incurable and sent her back to the owner. The base of the bladder was destroyed and her case was certainly a miserable one. I kept her a day or two in Montgomery and then sent her home writing a note to the doctor giving him my opinion of the case and its incurability. Lucy, the third person named in Sims' autobiography in conjunction with the fistula experiments, came soon after to live in his little hospital designated for the care of, uh, for taking care of Negro patients and for Negro surgical cases. Oof. According to a similar conclusion, arriving at a similar conclusion as he did with Anarcha and Betsy, Sims wrote, quote, "I told her that I was unable to do anything for her and said tomorrow afternoon I shall have to send you home." Sims, however, contravened his initial plan. Having treated a white woman who he believed was suffering from a dislocated uterus in the intervening hours between his pronouncement to Lucy and the time of her planned departure, Sims explained in his autobiography, Then I said to myself, if I can place the patient in that position, distend the vagina by pressure of air, as to produce such a wonderful result as this, why can I not take the incurable case of the vesicovaginal fistula, Which seems now to be so incomprehensible and put the girl in this position and see exactly what are the relations of the surrounding tissues. That sounds fucking painful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sims immediately went into his office and ordered two apprentices to accompany him to the makeshift hospital where he kept those he personally enslaved and where Lucy remained. Sims provides a lengthy account in his autobiography. Arriving there, I said... Betsy, I told you I would send you home this afternoon, but before you go, I want to make one more examination of your case. She willingly consented. I, uh, all right, I guess. Uh, I got a table about three feet long, put a coverlet upon it, mounted her on the table on her knees with her head resting on the palms of her hands. I placed two students, one at each side of the pelvis, and they laid a hold of the nates or buttocks and pulled them open. Before I could get the bent spoon handle into the vagina, the air rushed in with a puffing noise, dilating the vagina at its fullest extent. Introducing the bent handle of the spoon, I saw everything as no man had ever seen before.
0: All right. Yeah, we are uh, book clubbing. I see Roe over there in the uh, archive chat space. Yes, that is definitely why you see the big old um, in bold all caps trigger warnings there. The book that we're doing here um, with uh, Maddie Stump of MadTransFem.com is um, Black on Both Sides A Racial History of Trans Identity by C. Riley Snorton. I uh, got my copy from uh, fucking Bezos. (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, Passing it back to Maddie Stump. We're all taking turns reading here. So
1: we're on page 22 of Anatomically Speaking goes, the substitution of Betsy's name for Lucy's provides another view of how chattel slavery was a critical context for VDF and its cure, wherein the logics of fungibility gave rise to Lucy's nominal interchangeability with Betsy's. The elaborate description of procedures for turning slave slave quarters into a medical examination room articulates what Mary Jenkins Schwartz Called the quote, medical plantation, end quote. A model for medical knowledge in which life and death were, quote, to be managed according to the wishes of slaveholders, end quote. Here, the medical plantation rhetorically transverses the frontier as the language of discovery that envelops the passage becomes an aperture um, with which to proceed. How divided flesh was defined by its characteristic accessibility, its availability for viewing, exploration, and other modes of unrelenting, unmitigated apprehension. Sims' description corresponds with what you must have learned in medical school about the Nick Gray and Hottentots, um, whose naves and pelvises. Were dissected and cor- copiously referred to in sexological and anatomical literature as, quote, sufficiently well marked to, dis- to distinguish them from those of any of the ordinary varieties of the human species, End quote.
3: Yeah.
1: As Andrew Curran notes, the Negre of the 18th century played a constitutive role in providing a basis for racial dif- difference. The, quote, shift of the locus of race from the exterior to the interior has been taking place since the late 19, late, late 1760s, end quote. Simms' archive requires a reading that draws together even before his account of the unanesthetized un, un, un procedures performed on Lucy, Betsy, Anarcha, and, and the unnamed others what Petra Coopers describes as, quote, themes of slavery and its justification, issues of degeneracy, and the decline of the West, and other racist and eugenic stories, end quote. Simms's archive, however, does not provide a way to understand what the young woman named Lucy must have thought when she was addressed as Betsy and told to mount the three-foot table. Enslaved, surrounded by three white men, misnamed and bent across the table, Lucy, whose quote unquote consent Sims describes, um, endured conditions they call attention to how oh, endured conditions that call attention to how such a concept was unavailable to her, or Betsy, or Anarka, or the other unnamed others, or, or the unnamed others under the law. Should one imagine the substitution of Betsy for Lucy in the preceding passage as the result of mere error or authorial oversight, the subsequent pages in Sims's autobiography reveal how this moment named through misnaming, the way fungibility would suture medical quote unquote insight to the rationalization of human captivity. Sims continued, quote, I did not send Lucy home and I wrote to her master that I would retain her there and he must come and see me again. I saw Mr. Westcott and I told him that that I would like to have him send Anarka back to my hospital. I also wrote to Dr. Harris saying that I had changed my mind in regard to Betsy and for him to send her back again. I ransacked the country for cases, told the doctors what had happened and what I had done and it ended in my finding six or seven cases of BBF that had been hidden away for years in the country because they had been pronounced incurable. I went to work to put another story um, on my hospital, and this gave me 16, 16 beds, four beds for servants and 12 for the patients. Then I made this uh, proposition to the owners of the Negroes. If you will give me Anarka and Betsy for experiment, I agree to perform no experiment or operation on either of them to endanger their lives. Which I agree does, um and will not charge a cent for keeping them. End quote. In addition to confirming that it was Lucy rather than Betsy that he detained and wished to further retain further, his description of plans for experimentation here indicate that enslavement was a necessary condition for his test subjects. As Harriet Washington explains, quote, Simms's Sims's writings often utilized imprisonment for the control he saw as key to restoring a woman's health. His enslaved experimental subjects were the ultimate in, in, controllable, yeah, in controllable patients, end quote. Moreover, his collective status as their collective status as slaves organized a way of encountering their bodies as test subjects that were imminently analgesic or um, congenitally, congenitally impervious to pain, and by the very condition of slavery, inexhaustibly available through their interchangeability. The proposition made to their their enslavers, the only binding agreement, which is to say the only request that legally required and recognized quote unquote consent, made a rhetorical use of Anarcha and Betsy as stand ins for the imprecise number of captives who would come to live among those Sims personally enslaved. According to his 1857 lecture before the New York Academy of Medicine, Sims was unable to operate between. December 9th, 1845 and January 10th 1846, quote "Having no proper instruments and no instrument makers, dentists, jewelers and blacksmiths were laid under con- were laid under contrib- contribution and soon rude instruments were made end quote. For the purposes of this experiment of his experiments, Soon thereafter, and in front of an audience of approximately a dozen doctors, Lucy was the first to go under Sims's way. Sims later described her case as quote unquote very simple, causing him to believe that he would produce in front of his peers, quote, at once a magical cure. End quote. Sims' biographer Seal Harris provides a caricatured account of Lucy's experience that day, quote, Lucy spent a whole hour crouched on her knees and elbows, fortified only by opium and hope against the searing, racking, oper- operative pain. Through all the atten- attendant pain and hemorrhage, Lucy bore up admirably, punching only slightly, for this was, she knew, part of the price she had to pay for being made again a normal woman. And- There is a discrepancy between the accounts as to whether Lucy received any kind of numbing agent, as Sims noted in his autobiography that these were, quote, before the days of anesthetics, end quote. When Harris's and Sims's versions do find congruence is in their um, estimation of Lucy's ability to endure pain. Whether as an emblem of her heroism or bravery, as in Sims's account, or as an indication of her hope for a restoration of felony, quote unquote, normalcy, Lucy's stoic suffering is made to recast a theater of torture into a medical scene. Although the archive does not allow one to decipher whether Lucy believed that the spectacle of experimentation would ensure relief from pain, it is fairly certain that the restorative effects of these procedures would be physical rather than social. As the possibility of quote, being made again a normal woman end quote, would not be available to her as a slave. <laughs>
0: last part i have made a um a little note because like some of these words fly by super quick but uh, back on page 23 heading toward the middle uh, they said um sims archive requires a reading that draws together even before his account of the unanesthetized procedures performed on lucy betsy anarcha and unnamed others unanesthetized so, like, yeah. we're pretty, like, there, there were no painkillers. No. Yeah, no, no. anesthesia, no anesthesiologist, no one gave a damn. Mm-hmm.
3: Right.
0: Right, and there's, um, yep, see folks uh, tuned in, there's uh, Sam Sam out of the UK, uh, there's Jessica May saying, so this is a horror story. Um, mm-hmm. This one, it's a, a heavy academic work. Definitely like um, intellectually way out of my league. Um, If anyone uh, didn't hear the uh, first episode where literally if we hit a word that we don't understand, we stop. We look it up live on the air and keep it in post. We don't edit that out. This is real. If we're ignorant on something, we're okay with learning publicly. Mm -hmm. All right. And again, this is uh, C. Riley Snorton, Black on Both Sides, A Racial History of Trans Identity.
2: Um oh. I was just going to add I don't know the exact timeline but when they were talking about Anarca didn't he say he first met her because she was having difficulty giving birth and like so basically she got separated from her baby for this yeah. to have yeah. some like it's fucking terrible yeah Oh, it's
1: it's really really dark yeah
0: and there's um oh somewhere in yeah the 200 page neighborhood like 203 there all right so i'm over here on page 25 of anatomically speaking and um sim's experimental operation nearly killed lucy according to um harris's account quote five days after the operation lucy became seriously ill with high fever rapid pulse and all the indications of blood poisoning end quote after removing a sponge from her urethra, which had calcified Come and on. conjoined with her urethral tissue, Sims placed Lucy on a post-operative program that included high doses of morphine and crackers as a primary source of nutrition, and, which required that she lie on her back until she recovered from his experiment. Sims would continue um, his experiments with other captives before Lucy's complete revival. Um, wow. Well, hold on. My brain just totally farted all the way over me. Until a complete revival. Some three months later, after arranging a substitute for the sponge, he operated on Betsy. Before... Um, let's do that, that sentence again after arranging a uh, some three months later after arranging a substitute for the sponge like a different um, item? Yes. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, Because
2: the sponge was calcifying. Hmm. So basically he was putting a sponge in the urethra and it was getting hard so that didn't work. That's what made her sick. She got um, an infection from it being calcified.
0: Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah I don't know. I, yeah I really don't know anything about um, medical things all right good and that's why we stop and pause we're gonna be doing this for 200 pages all right <laughs> fucking uh jesus uh, so the uh the substitute for the sponge he operated on betsy neither sims nor harris's account describes betsy's procedure the opacity on the in the archive on this matter leaves room to imagine how Betsy might have somehow resisted the performance of stoic bravery or willing subjectivity that she was compelled to produce. Sims discusses betsy's uh, betsy 's operation in terms of his development of proprietary medical knowledge uh, th- uh, though he failed to close the fistula opening. He narrates his success with devising a catheter that could be attached directly to the urethra, Sims turned to Anarcha as his next case, and in this instance, uh, his narrative spends considerable time describing her state of injury, which remained unredressed in his first twenty-nine experiments. Which remained unredressed in his first... 29 experiments of Anarcha Sims writes quote this woman had the very worst form of uh, Jesus uh, I said it like five times now vesicle vaginal fistula the urine was running day and night uh, saturating the bedding and clothing and producing an inflammation of the external parts uh, wherever it came in contact with the person Almost similar to the confluent smallpox with constant pain and burning, the odor from this saturation permeated everything and every corner of the room, and of course, her life was one of suffering and disgust. Death would have been preferable, but patients of this kind never die, they must live to suffer. End fucking quote. Uh, the description of Anarcha's life as one of suffering and disgust says as much about her condition in captivity as it does about her particularly grievous case of uh, vesicle vaginal fistula. As William Ian Miller explains, the sense of smell in the human um, sensorium, quote, plays a motivating and confirming role, in quote, in which discussed figures prominently in the process of social ranking uh, to organize, quote, people and things in a kind of cosmic ordering, end quote. According to Miller, within um, anti-Semitic, anti-Black, and bourgeois societies, quote, Jews, Blacks, or workers smelled as a matter of principle, end quote. Yet because of, quote... Uh, context uh, sensitive rules that suspended their stench in particular settings, end quote, they tended to smell more or less in relation to their proximity to others in a social hierarchy that quote when out of place, they smelled, when safely in place, they did not end quote. Harris's account underscores the transversal relations between geography and sensation, uh, which find expression in the aesthetics of disgust. Anarcha seemed doomed to be forever as disgusting as an object to herself as she was to everyone who came near her. End quote. The copious attention paid to anarchist smell in the literature speaks to the embedded nature of medical knowledge within slavery's sensorium, wherein her fistula was not the only cause of her apparent stench. There are, however, other trajectories of thought um, precipitated by smell. L.H. Stallings' work on um, black funk is instructive here for perceiving how anarchist stench functioned as a disruptive force to slavery's um, ocular enterprise. I really don't understand what the Phoenix, what the hell is the writer saying there? there.
2: <laughs> you lost me at ocular enterprise. That's the one that was like, wait, what?
0: Where are you at? Yeah, you're getting you all-
2: Okay, the copious attention paid to anarchist smell in the literature speaks to the embedded nature of medical knowledge. Okay. Uh, uh, black funk. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm reading it and trying to like. <laughs> okay, so Stallings' work on black funk is instructive here for perceiving how anarchist stench functioned as a disruptive force to slavery's ocular enterprise. I don't know what ocular enterprise means. As Stallings argues. Odor provides a way to think about bodily inhabitation outside the designs of ocularity, wherein kinetic energy and smell express interiority beyond the limits of what it means to be a socially to be socially fabricated as black and human. Uh, Uh, I don't know what that means.
0: I am not finding a definition.
2: Yeah, well, ocular is about like visuals, right? But I don't know what ocular enterprise is
0: ocular so are they trying to treat like visual as if it's like uh what yeah what the fuck are they, man I'm, <laughs> they got me.
2: Oh, other trajectories that disrupt us for
0: okay the odor
2: provides a way to think about a bodily inhabitation outside the designs of ocularity we're in kinetic energy uh, i don't know
0: well I, you know what we're getting into your pages now Oh, we are. You came? Uh, the,
2: <laughs> the discourse of disgust registers anarchist stench with the conjoined necropolitical and biopolitical logics of slavery and medicine, yet the recurrent descriptor of anarchist body odor also provides an opening to imagine what modicums of protection might have been afforded one
0: by smelling noxious to one's enslaver. In, uh, in the archive chat space, um, Jessica May is saying, um, uh, is he like saying people control their smell? And um, and presentation as a way of uh, going against slavery. That was what I thought that they were saying at first, and now I'm wondering if it's like um, okay. Like me and my workers in the factory, we all smell like fucking oil, ink blotches, and machine parts and shit, and whatever food, whatever product we're running. And it's like, when we're all around each other, it's like, oh yeah, I know, oh that. Oh yeah, they're working line 20, they gotta dump huge bags of sugar, look, you got mm-hmm. the sugar all over them, I'm over here on line 18, I'm covered in fucking chocolate and caramel and shit, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, we all get it. But then when we, we stop at the grocery store on the way home from work, people are like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, like, and there's days where, like, I go in full gear. Like, I got my fucking wet gloves on me, my fucking knee pads are on, and the fucking food is caked up on the knee pads. Mm-hmm. My fucking hard hat is still on, dirty and scratched. I'm a little out of place around all the dockers.
2: <laughs> well, so I thought that they were saying that there's an assumption that, you know, certain people smell, and that's because they're poor or unworthy. Um, but then they keep talking about her smelling, so I'm wondering if this is, like, um meant to be like a reflection of the doctor like he can't stop her from smelling like he's supposed to fix her there's
1: definitely a part there um I don't fully understand the section either
2: but there's definitely a
1: part there where it's talking about um that part of the emphasis that the doctor keeps placing on her smell um is a reflection of his own prejudices in terms of um seeing people who are um, in this case it gives the examples of um, Jewish, black, or a worker um, as smelling worse than people who are not Mm -hmm. Um, so more the the emphasis he keeps placing on her smell um, is more a reflection of him and his biases than um, necessarily her smelling just
2: that bad
0: I told you Pinky Bear was good (laughs) <laughs> I told
2: you. <laughs> All right. Uh, the discourse of disgust registers anarchist stench with the conjoined n- uh, necropolitical and biopolitical logics of slavery and medicine. Yet the recurrent descriptor of anar- anarchist body odor also provides an opening to imagine what modicums of protection might have been afforded one by smelling noxious to one's enslaver. All right, that's like that uh, when someone's trying to rape you, if you just take a shit, they'll go away, in theory. It's kind of like that, right? Well,
0: I- you know what keep, keep, keep going I'll, I'll hear about never, what? I've never heard this oh
2: yeah well people say like when the dude is like being overly aggressive won't stop that like if you you know be like oh period blood or oh fecal matter or like you vomit or something like you just do something gross so they leave you alone
0: Jesus Christ yeah that's, that's 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 my that's my cisgender that's the men yeah we're we're a fucking problem. Like the fact that's uh, and this is like a like see and both of you uh, where you're, you're you're out there in in the East Coast you're from the Midwest the both of you knew this yeah right and and here I am, just you know cis man walking <laughs> around I have no need to know this this is what it's like living in a world full of fuckers like me and my and my cisgender it's fucked up
2: see I think I think that's what they're talking about in that part maybe right yeah um yeah. okay. So as a sign of disability that made one unfit for work, reproductive or otherwise, smelling badly signals an unruly body within plantation economies, this also provides another dimension to Sim's quest to cure VVF, as his dependence on disabled captives became another mode for putting their bodies to work as flesh. Discussed both as a frequent descriptor of Anarcha's disability and in its animation for slavery's caste system at a level of sensorium. Uh, provides a requisite context for reading the racial connotations and significance of Sims' final descriptive lines about anarchist condition. Death would have been preferable, but patients of this kind never die. They must live and suffer. Sounds like fucking Mother Teresa. Um, As medical historians have noted, the prognosis of VVF as incurable frequently coincided with severe depression and suicide, particularly among middle-class European and European-American women. Also, oh, he was doing this to save the white race. Okay. Uh, Deborah Kuhn McGregor also suggests during this period that vesicovaginal fistulas joined with childbearing to create an image of suffering womanhood, frequently contributing to an image of universal femininity that in practice was highly differentiated based on a person's social and political location. Unable to adjust to their newly and contingently assumed status as objects of disgust, some white women opted for death before a cure was conceived. If being an object of disgust is allegorical to the status of the disabled slave, it is particularly meaningful that patients like Anarcha never die in the concepts of captivity, as they must live and suffer to create and reproduce the boundary between being and object, which is to say, to produce the possibility of distinction in the form of gynecology as a distinct field of medical inquiry. Sim's quest for a cure for VVF was situated in a scientific Uh, I don't know how to say that word. (laughs) Know you. Know you? All right. Uh, That had yet to reconcile the interchangeability of race and species, scientists and doctors would continue to debate whether blacks were human or otherwise long after Sims published his career making article on the treatment of VVF. Yet the uncertainty over the matter in the flesh of difference that blackness produced in the social realm in captivity. And as a matter of ontology, would critically animate the construction and reception of Sims' eventual success as he produced a reproducible treatment through repeated subjection of Anarcha and the named and the unnamed others. Sims would come to operate on Anarcha 30 times. Jesus. Harris explains after Anarcha came the other patients who had been assembled from the countryside, and after them came Lucy and Betsy in Anarcha again and again and again. Rough. Oh, am I still going? Oh, or was that, was
0: that your, your page? I don't I, know where you are.
2: Oh, I'm <laughs> kind of the second paragraph of page 28. Wait, am I still going or is someone else going?
3: Oh,
0: you wanna go. I lost
2: track. Who's next?
3: <laughs>
0: uh, ma- uh ma- Stump. Yes. Okay. I can start at then. All right. So we're
1: on page
0: 28
1: of Anatomic History. It goes Since his audience of fellow doctors quickly diminished over the course of his experiments, in 1848, three years into the series of failed experiments, Sims's brother-in-law and fellow physician Rush Jones advised him to, quote, resign the whole subject and give it up, end quote. Citing the impact his obsession was having on Sims' family and the costs associated with providing for, usually in the form of crackers, morphine and tea, at least half a dozen captives, in addition to those whom Sims personally enslaved this visit from Jones coincided with the with increased talk of Alabama's possible secession from the Union over the matter of slavery, demonstrated in the passage of the 1848 Alabama platform, which came on the heels of the first code of me- medical ethics established by the American Medical Association in
3: 1847.
1: With regard to the AMA's newly developed code of ethics, Harris writes, quote, sims engrossed as he was in his struggle with the with the riddle of vesicle vaginal fistula paid but slight attention to the code of ethics not anticipating that the time might come when he would find himself in sharp conflict with some of its pontifical edits although there is no mention of slavery in the code there is a passage that sheds partial light um, on the conversation between Sims and Jones. According to the first article of chapter one, paragraph seven, the text stipulates that should a physician's patients suffer, quote, under the consequences of vicious conduct, and quote, his peers should counsel, quote, or even remonstrances, yes, um, if they be proffered with politeness and invites, events, Um, a genuine love of virtue accompanied by a sincere interest in the welfare of the person to whom they are addressed. The emphasis on civility um, between physicians convinces, at least in part, the manner with with which the AMA conceptualized the role of medical practice as a form of civilizing work not incompatible with slavery's regime of sovereign bio Jones' remonstrances over the experiments stemmed over the experiments stemmed from his concern for the financial strain he placed on his sister, figuring the quote-unquote consequences of the experiments for the one physician in Germany. Taking the form of a series of gentlemen's agreements, the AMA's code of ethics was ill-equipped to address Anarka, Betsy, Lucy, and the unnamed others who were both Sims' patients and his surgical attendants. Harris notes, quote, his medical friends, who at first had been so anxious to be present at the making of history, now usually managed to find themselves busy on the days of his EBS operations." Unquote. After two years of failed experiments, Sims could no longer depend on other doctors and began to instruct the named and unnamed quote-unquote patients to assist him in surgeries by, quote, holding the speculum in place for him, handing him his instruments as he needed them, restraining the patient on the table, shifting the reflecting mirror at his, uh, at his direction. Doing all the many things which once upon a time the medical men had vied to do in the From the perspective of his captive um, experimentees, this training and their subsequent practice might have been regarded as a further imposition, a multiplicative form of emotional abuse that accompanied being coerced and facilitating the physical torture of others. However, there are multiple ways to read this detail about the experiments, precipitating questions about authorship that situate Sims' chattel, "quote unquote," patients as the subjects, in addition to the objects of medical knowledge, and as the holders of expertise that exceed medic- medicine's institutionalizing frame. It also points out, or it also points to other aspects of the narrative. That were overlooked or underwritten in the historical record, chief among them the relations Lucy, Betsy, and Anarca and the unnamed others forged and sustained with and among each other. If initially one pictures Sims's hospital, quote-unquote hospital, as a site of racial containment and suffering, being both the domicile of those whom Sims personally enslaved and the structure that housed his quote-unquote patients. It is also necessary to think about what other modes of relation occurred there without being overseen? What other modes of nourishment and care they provide for one another? How did those whom Sims personally enslaved look after Sims' experimentees? And although their role as attendants was described as being totally under Sims's direction, what adjustments did Lucy, Betsy, and Arca? and the unnamed others make when holding the instruments. Perhaps an imperceptible twist of the wrist or an ever so slight change in pressure are administered in response to each other's pain
4: grammy-nominated producer musician sophie has died at the age of 34. sophie was a scottish-born la-based artist and an lgbtq plus icon who was known for producing an avant-garde style of electronic pop music after sophie's sudden passing their rep announced the news in a statement to npr and other outlets saying it is with profound sadness that i have to inform you that musician and producer sophie passed away this morning around 4 a.m in athens where the artist had been living following an accident. While Sophie's rep did not reveal how they had passed, Sophie's record label, Transgressive, posted their own statement on Twitter and wrote, true to her spirituality, she had climbed up to watch the full moon and accidentally slipped and fell. Monroe Bergdoff, a transgender activist and model, paid tribute to Sophie on Instagram following the news of Sophie's death. Monroe wrote, quote, our community has lost an icon, a pioneer in a visionary bright light. Monroe went on to thank Sophie for sharing their talent with the world. Sophie started their solo career in 2013, and then two years later, Sophie began writing and producing music for artists such as Madonna and Charlie XCX. Sophie released their debut album in 2018, titled Oil of Every Pearls on Insides, and the record ended up with a Grammy nomination for Best Dance Electronic Album. Sophie was the first transgender artist to receive a nod in this category. On the same album, Sophie released a video for the single, It's Okay to Cry, where they appeared topless. This was seen as a producer's introduction to the world as a transgender artist. In 2018, Sophie told Paper Magazine, quote, For me, transness is taking control to bring your body more in line with your soul and spirit so that the two aren't fighting against each other and struggling to survive. Our thoughts are with Sophie's family, friends, and fans during this tragic time.
0: Okay, you caught me right there. Yeah, I'm doing – just so folks know what I'm doing right here while we um, read this book by C. Riley Snorton, Black on Both Sides, A Racial History of Trans Identity. Um, I am on Decibel Watch, audio engineering, uh, watching the Facebook Live Archive chat space. Jessica May agreed with you on what we were talking about where we, um, where we, we got stopped on a little bit of phraseology for about three minutes. And uh, Jessica May said, yeah, that's what it sounds like uh, to, um, to Maddie Stump's um, Understand of the ocular deal. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, Lynn in the archive chat space. I don't know exactly what part Lynn is commenting on, but saying, ah, there it is. Uh, the oppressed have um, control no matter what the projection um, at its worst. Hmm. And then also I am... Um, I made another note because I'm noticing this word evinces. that's not a word I've known before and it looks like it says to reveal the presence of so that Pat one of those past sentences could be like the emphasis on civility between physicians reveals the presence of you know and and at least in part the manner in which the AMA uh, conceptualized their little behaviors alright so as we slide into the beginning of this page from the end of this one uh in anatomically speaking sims ignored the ama's code of ethics and jones's counsel continuing for another year until may or june in 1849 when he placed anarca on his operation table after her um Thirtieth procedure only so after her 30th we mentioned the 29th Phoenix was reading and hit the 30th and now we're on after the 30th procedure only to find that quote there was no inflammation no tumification nothing unnatural and a uh, very perfect union of the little fistula end quote Uh, according to his autobiography quote In the course of two weeks more, Lucy and Betsy were both cured by the same means. Then I realized uh, the fact that at least my efforts had been blessed with success, and that I had made perhaps one of the most important—I have—I have have made perhaps one of the most important (laughs) discoveries in the age for the relief of suffering humanity end quote um after applying his fistula procedures as a counterpoint to his um (laughs) apocryphal uh description of the discovery as being quote for the relief of suffering humanity end quote again uh sims sent all of the named and unnamed captives back to their enslavers Oh, good. For the the relief of suffering humanity. Uh, This is fantastic. Um, Continuing um, into a part that is uh, subtitled Object Lessons on Flesh, but still in the same chapter, anatomically speaking. Almost immediately after concluding the experiments, Sims fell ill, although he would uh, live for another 30 years... It's like one for every fucking procedure. Mm. Buck face. Mm -hmm. Um, For another 30 years, um, Sims described writing his VVF article as a quote, last free will offering to the medical profession, end quote. And it was issued in the American Journal of the Medical Sciences in January 1852, quote. On the Treatment of the Vesical Vaginal Fistula, uh, makes claim to three original and proprietary contributions to medical knowledge. The discovery of a method by which the vagina can be thoroughly explored and the operation easily performed, the introduction of a new uh, suture uh, apparatus, the invention of a self-retaining catheter. Unlike his previous essays, Which included at least a brief description of his patients. This article, uh, symptomatically devoid of any identifying characteristics of Anarcha, Betsy, Lucy, or the unnamed others, Sims does include that at first, quote, uh, at quote, At first, I had three cases upon which I operated about 40 times. Well, he just lost count. About 40 times, whatever. Uh, But failed in every instance to effect a perfect cure, uh, though succeeding so far as to encourage me to persevere, end quote, uh, as a pronouncement that bespeaks a set of subject-object relations, subject-object relations, Sims discussion of personal triumph, determination and curiosity uh qualities uh that would afford his status in the field of gynecology, it works in tandem with the suppression of the conditions in which his knowledge was procured. The focus on proprietary instruments and procedures and the oblique references to his uh who are also invoked in terms of quote the, pecu- uh, the peculiarities of individual cases end quote finds visual reinforcement in the series of 22 woodcuts printed um from diagrams sims drew himself that organized the essay's prose as object lessons the accompanying images Provide a way to understand flesh as an expression of powers, um, poly, uh, polyvalent mobilities. Here, there are no bodies, except tacitly Sims, because his patients were no bodies, according to the percepts of law and medicine. Uh, the first set of illustrations depicts <laughs> two instruments. One is sparsely outlined. Uh, let me see i there aren't okay so the um inside the book if you do uh, get yourself a copy on the next page they have the images that they're going to describe in the following paragraph the first illustration the first set of illustrations depicts two instruments one is sparsely outlined which sims describes as quote a small slightly convex spatula designed to supplement the figure on its left which would later be referred to as Sims speculum of Latin origin speculum roughly translates as tool ulum uh, for uh, for looking uh, specere and refers to a surgical in- okay a tool for looking and specere Refers to a surgical instrument used for dilating. So, looking and dilating. It just sounds like you're talking. You-, you could literally say these words about anything, and it sounds like you're talking about patriarchy. <laughs> uh, fucking looking and dilating orifices, or to, uh, quote, mirror uh, a mirror used for scientific purpose, end quote. Embellished with texture, Sims speculum, although, um,. Composed from German silver, appears to be uh, hewn from the wood from um, from uh, from the wood from which the images were made, analogously to uh, contemporaneous uh, printmaking practices. Sims suggests that the speculum should be reproduced with quote two or three different sizes, so as to be prepared for any case. End quote the first time men actually cared um continuing each letter uh printed along the uh perimeter of the drawing corresponds uh to an instruction about the instrument's design as Sims describes in the article quote the one ordinarily used by me is about two and a half inches from A where it supports the sphincter uh to its terminal extremity at B (laughs) it's Bradford From D to E is about 7 eighths of an inch, um, widening a little as it approaches the end. And again, um, the images, if you uh, purchase this book, you can see the images. I hold them up to the screen, but I'm a little far from the camera. And maybe you could might even be able to um, search them on Yahoo, Bing, you could ask Jeeves, and maybe see these images as well that are being described in this uh, following text. Uh, the lettering not only maps the spatial coordinates of the speculum, but also presents a topological relation between Sim's instrument and the instrumentality of flesh and its capacity for expansion and inspection, reminiscent of another verse from the Christian Bible in which the word was made flesh. The lettering here indicates at least two relations forged (laughs) through flesh as Anarka, Betsy, Lucy, and the unnamed others were reiteratively put to use to develop the instrument's design, reiteratively put to use to develop the instrument's design, rendering the woodcut image itself a map of word to flesh. It is perhaps unsurprising that an object that expressed the directive to look would perform an instrumental role in the narrative emergence of gynecology in the United States of McMurica. Um Investitures. What? That is, is that just a fancy way of saying niggas with big money? Investitures, investors. In the, visual, um, in the visual, in the making of racial slavery meant organizing life according to who was doing the seeing and who or what was being overseen. Um, in addition the field of gynecology was developed according to a uh, manichian logic what Maria Lugones refers to as the dark and the light side of the colonial modern gender system which is as a cognitive production of modernity understood race uh, as gendered and gender as raced in a particularly differential ways for Europeans whites and colonized non-white people Uh, Harris uh, narrates uh, gynecology's emergence in similar terms suggesting that quote in the field of women's diseases physicians were blind men working in the dark just how much in the dark they were is revealed by 19th century woodcuts portraying physicians examining their female patients a picture of a lady on her medical advisor's table shows the patient not only fully clothed but with hat and gloves thrown in for good fucking measure while over her rear from waist to feet is draped in a sheet It sounds like a rhyme um, beneath uh, which the unseeing physician extends his groping hands uh, struggling manfully to solve the mystery of her ailments end quote and i'm just taking a little dance forward here because i do see that we are over the hour we are at an hour and seven minutes and it looks like chapter one goes on for a bit with more illustrations as well okay so um yeah we should go ahead and tie that off there i'm gonna take my little post-it note that i'm using as a bookmarker and put it on page 32 folks Uh, You might want to get yourself a copy of this here, C. Riley Snorton, Black on Both Sides, A Racial History of Trans Identity, and then you can go to where, what I think is where the cool kids hang out, frankly, like they smoke the pot but no one pressures you if you don't want to. (laughs) and that place is really neat it's called madtransfem.com all right they go there and they smoke the pot but you don't have to if you don't want to there and uh, <laughs> and maddie stump also has a um a youtube page as well uh, where you're uh if i remember right i haven't seen any um any fresh new heat up there but you're doing graphic novels
1: yeah yeah i've got a bunch of um i'll be covering some of my favorites which are mostly um graphic novels that are by or uh they're either by um uh trans or queer folks or they feature trans or queer characters or both or there's a whole bunch of them that i'm
0: covering though let's see here the um and just take a look at the archive chat space uh, once again with uh, Jessica May saying nice uh, knowing about yes the yeah that that's where the pot smokers are they smoke the devil's <laughs> weed over there and I love it um, and Lynn in the archive chat space uh, saying Sims speculum sounds um, like ra- sounds like rather the um, the uh, pessury whoo I don't know that word Lynn <laughs> the uh uh, which was invented centuries before um, will get the book for sure. This history is astounding and certainly reflects in many modern institutions. All other thoughts on um, psychotic serial abductor torturer um, sides, abductor torturer sides and yeah and and this um so there you go maddie stump you are influential someone is getting the book maddie stump brought the book to me and now the book goes to you and we keep our echo chamber popping it's fucking dope over here all right so yeah this shit's going up um yeah this is a public episode and then um we put up a uh, talk Fury, the last public episode and then from there, this stuff will be behind the paywall, patreon.com slash wine media fund at the $1 a month level. Um, and then also, uh, Maddie Stump has a Patreon as well. Uh, does that have like your own link, like a backslash and something specific?
1: Yeah, so
0: it's uh, patreon.com slash madtransfem. Bam. Patreon.com slash madtransfem. All right, and uh, wine cellar media is uh, signed up for that to hold it down because that's that's what we gotta do like we just we fucking socialize right fucking pass it around us and our comrades and uh we'll we'll keep uh making more content uh back again on on the next weekend whenever the hell we have a day off at the same time yep yeah all right sounds good right we're in there all right and with that i'll go ahead and end uh facebook live and end podcast audio